0: On this week's Spoko Radio, we close the book on the Iowa State game, we take some stock in the Big Ten, with we're buying or selling some different takes, and then we do stock up or stock down on the Iowa Hawkeyes after a quarter of the season. Sit back, relax, and get ready for the Boom!
1: Beaten no more. Piling on now is Iowa as they crack the 50 mark against the mighty Buckeyes.
2: But when his number was called, seven got six.
0: Welcome to Spoco Radio presented by Blackheart Gold Pants, SB Nation's community for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm your host, DC. With me, as always, it's Jerry Sherwin. Jerry, have you ever been offended by a gas station's tweets? I've
2: been offended by lots and lots of tweets, but never by a gas station. But I don't personally attack gas stations just because they rightfully accuse me of things that I did wrong.
0: I mean, that's fair. Most people are pretty civil and they don't go after gas stations for tweeting about a football game. Also with us, it's the people's champ, David Johnson champ. You got any hot takes on gas stations tweeting?
1: I've never been more proud to have come and go on my top six things in Iowa City than I, <laughs> I was this week after hearing the tweets they came out with. I mean, just ripping Iowa State and good for come and go. It makes me love them even more.
2: I will say come and go after learning about this. They might might have just jumped into my number one spot.
1: There All you right. go, baby. Jump in that top six. I like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the top six. Alright, guys, reminder to subscribe to the Blackheart Gold Pants podcast feed wherever you guys get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at ShyPeoplesChamp, Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and I'm at Dave Cray. Again, that voicemail line 224 661 909 I guess all it takes is a little rivalry game to get you guys on the phone lines. Uh, as we and, and, and kind of as I just mentioned, we have voicemails to play this week, so let's get to those right now. Hey,
3: first-time caller, long-time listener. This is Tad in Chicago. What does Matt Campbell love more than that? Uh, Advocare? Excuse to the Hawkeyes. Thanks. Hello, fellas. This is TJ from the Quad Cities. What I like most about Iowa's win tonight is the fact that we finally turned heel, and I love it. Watching Amir and Gino, and I, I, I can't remember who the, the third guy was, Turn to the Iowa State faithful and counting out one, two, three, four, five. Amir Smith-Marset leading the charge, counting one, two, three, four, five on his fingers. Just absolutely electric. Incredible. That's some Ric Flair shit. Loved every second of it. But not only that, also having Tyler Cook right behind the Iowa State bench, giving them the business. Absolutely beautiful. Loved every second of it. So, granted, it was an ugly wind. Offense looked like hot garbage at times. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Because Heel Iowa is here. And I really want us to steer into it. Because it's beautiful. So, keep up the good work, fellas. Go Hawks. John from Des Moines. And if you want to drive a bus, go to state. If you want to drive a bus, go to state. If you want to drive a bus, if you want to work for us, if you want to drive a bus, go to state. Go Hawks. I can't believe we won that. Jesus fucking Christ.
0: All right, guys. What are your thoughts after our
2: first round of voicemail shows? Let's start with you. It's heel Iowa, the styling, top 25 profiling, harvester riding, hawk flying, state winning, sidehawk stealing, wheeling dealing, sons of a gun, let me hear a woo! Woo, 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 woo!
0: <laughs> we are going to fully embrace heel Iowa. Champ, you have any thoughts on the first round of voicemails of him this season? I mean,
1: he took my Ric Flair, woo! But I mean, I just love it. That was just a beautiful voicemail. You gotta love Heal Iowa. He absolutely right, right on with those voicemails. I mean, you gotta love it. Count now one, two, three, four, five on the sidelines. I was loving it. Tyler Cook just absolutely trolling the shit out of Iowa State fans was also incredible. I mean, you gotta love Tyler in full, you know, his own jersey at the game. Also was that's great. the best part. I mean, just trolling the Iowa State fans, taking videos, silence from the crowd. It was so great. I mean, I don't know how you can't love that as a Hawkeye fan. No,
0: it was absolutely great. Imagine being Iowa State fans trying to find ways to be bothered by uh, Tyler Cook wearing his own jersey at the stadium. There's, there's a lot of people on Twitter complaining about that, and which is just it's dumbfounding to me. All right, guys, those were the voicemails. We did not get any outside zone questions, mostly reactions to the game. So I'm going to steal a question from Twitter from a guy I follow, Hawkeye Kirk, on Twitter, who had a good question after the issue with the Iowa band in Ames this weekend. If Gary Butter decided to refuse to let Iowa return to Ames due to safety issues, slash the band being mistreated or abused, do we A, extend him forever, or B, be mad champ kick things off which one would you go so cancel the cancel the series which way would you go
1: so originally when i thought about this question i was gonna say be mad but i you know what you gotta stand with the band members i mean they were mistreated at in iowa state i think we should extend Bardo if he decides hey we're not going we're not going to play little brother anymore they mistreated our band they were disrespectful to the people in our band so we're not going to go play there anymore. I think that's a, a stand-up move by you know your AD. So I say you got to extend them. I, I would be all for that. I mean, if Iowa State wants to uh, issue a public an apology and do something like that, then that's one thing. But they haven't done that yet, and they were disrespectful to our band.
0: Not only wasn't there a a apology or anything statement like that, they released a joint a joint statement with the University of Iowa today, basically saying, "Hey fans, let's treat everybody better." That basically was the was the premise of the statement. Uh, Jerry, what what would you which way would you go with this? So let's
2: kind of break down what Iowa State did this past weekend. They they host game day right, and that looks great. Correct, and they it's the the one of their biggest events probably in the history of their football program. But in between all of that, they. Rumor has it, allegedly, threw a bottle at the bus, broke a windshield. They allegedly tormented and verbally and, I think, physically abused our band. They went out on the field, which should have been some sort of penalty, ruined the field easily. That ended up hurting Brock Purdy in the long run. And then on top of all of this, now they're trying to attack one of the best gas stations in their entire state. So this is what Iowa State does when they get to host something. And the number one thing that Barta keeps talking about is player safety, people safety, band safety. His people, he wants to make sure that they're protected. When people come to Iowa City, I'd like to think that they don't get this type of treatment. We act like we've been there before. Iowa State did not. Now, on top of all of that, we get zero recognition for this game. So if Barta cancels this and he does add a Utah or a Virginia Tech or a Mizzou to this and fill in for this spot. I'm extending him forever, and he's, the, he's basically a vampire. So that means for the rest of the time, Gary Bard is going to be rad. <laughs> I mean, and let's, let's kind of be fair a little bit
0: here. I'm sure things happen to Iowa State fans, Iowa State band, whatever, when they come to Iowa City. I'm sure things aren't great. But I don't think the things that are allegedly happened to Iowa's band to that level – is what happened, what could have happened in I, in Iowa City in, in the past?
2: Sure, I'm sure there's there there's people that verbally abuse the band, but you know who has the thickest skin of all people? Band, the band. people, because they get made fun of from an early age all the way through till they're done playing band. Like, come on.
0: It's very true. It's very true. And I think the last point you had, Jar, is, is like the most important thing to me. In this question, I'm gonna take it a little bit, agree with the grain of salt, right? It. He, if he canceled this series, it's never going to happen, right? I wrote about it this week on Blackheart Gold Pants. This series will never go away. For as long as Gary Butters around, this, this series is staying around. But if for some it's reason close something now. happened where. I don't think it's as close as you think. Uh, if something were to happen where they cancel this, it all depends on who replaces Iowa State on the schedule year in and year out. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that this is worth a damn, right? If it gets replaced with another MAC team or a Sunbelt team, or another team from a Group of Five conference that doesn't really do anything, doesn't move the needle, then what are we doing here, right? That's what I wrote about this week. This series, this was the the most hyped, the most important, the biggest Hawk game in the history of this rivalry. Iowa wins, and no, it's like a tree fell in the forest. Nobody, Nobody heard it. Nobody made a deal with it. And to me... That it's bigger than this band issue. It's bigger than it's. It's more of a conversation of where does Gary Barda, where does Kirk Ferentz want this program to be nationally? Do they want to be nationally relevant, or do they want to only focus on Big Ten titles? And if if your answer is Big Ten titles, great. But you know what? Some some people in the fan base view and have and hold what
2: this program could be in a much higher standard. And I'm so glad you brought this up because I did a little research today, knowing that this topic is going to get brought up. And I looked at every single non-conference game for the, for the Big Ten. Minus, like, Indiana, because who really cares at this point? So No one. Yeah, I'm out on Indiana, by the way, champ, so you can be happy about that. Um, about time. So you look at the non-conference slate for every single Big Ten contender, let's say. The, one, the teams that are going to go to a bowl game. You look at those teams that they've beat and or have left on the schedule. When it all comes down to it. If Michigan somehow finds a way to beat Notre Dame, that will be the best win that we've had out of non-conference for the, for the Big Ten. The second best win is going to be Iowa State. The rest of the non-conference for the Big Ten is utter trash. Now, there were some games on there, but they were losses. Like Colorado, that is a loss that we, we, we now have. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think what else we Arizona have. Arizona
1: State to Ar- Michigan State. Stanford, State another loss. TCU. TCU right. exactly So
2: at this point this Iowa State is the best non-conference win the Big 10 has
0: So what does it say
2: about the Big Ten? Exactly. What does it say about the Big Ten, and what does it say that we get no credit for it still?
1: And That's the biggest issue to me is we move up one spot, and the only reason we moved up one spot is because Michigan State lost, and they were ahead of us. I mean, you go on the road, Iowa State coming into this year was a ranked team. Yes, I understand they dropped out of the rankings, but they were 26. They were one out of the rankings. You go on the road, it's a rivalry game, and you defeat Iowa State, and you get no love. You're still right there where you started the week it's like what's the point of even playing this game like dc said i mean there's no there's no actual you know outcome that helps us like if we lose the game we drop in the rankings if we win the game we don't move up anyway so it's i mean it's literally no point
0: point. And, and i mean it comes down to right and a lot of people bring this up when every time i uh, complain about this game on twitter or, or writing it or talking about it to anybody it's like well, Iowa itself doesn't hold itself in the in the national narrative in college football. They care about Big Ten titles, something, truthfully, Iowa hasn't done solely in a long, long time. But so in that case, playing this game, having this game on the schedule, it doesn't matter, right? Because it doesn't affect the big winning, winning and losing a Big Ten championship, which is a shame because I think the three of us, who are big NFL fans, big Chicago Bears fans, see the type of talent that Iowa can develop and can produce. And if they focus more on that and on that and push the national narrative, like they could be a a contender, right? You are a developmental program who puts kids in the NFL that should be everywhere and getting top talent in high school to come play in Iowa City. And if you're choosing to just win Big 10 titles then then stick with the recruiting classes that are in the top 40, top 50, sneaky athletic, sneaky good, unheralded guys who can develop into good players eventually, and then maybe compete for Big Ten titles every once in a while. But to me, go ahead, Jim.
1: uh, Can I just throw out a team? I know we've talked about, we did this a few weeks ago or a couple months ago now, where we talked about a team we'd like to play a home-and-home. How about we add a team that we can play every year, and how about Notre Dame? Why not throw it in Notre Dame on their schedule? Michigan plays them every year. Why can't they play another Big Ten team? I, you know how much fun that would be for an Iowa Notre Dame rivalry for the next 25 years. I mean, that would be great for college football. I mean, it would be great for Iowa no, at Notre Dame. That's another team, a, a tough team for them on their schedule. that They can play. I think it would be wonderful. Let's. I mean, why not do that? Fuck Iowa State. Let's we'll switch them out for Notre Dame.
0: I would love it. I, I just don't think it's going to be something that regularly happens.
2: Does it really help Iowa, though, at all? Like, I'm just thinking about who Notre, or Alabama and Clemson play. Like, I know Clemson played Texas A&M, but Alabama specifically. Duke was their best non-conference team, and I, I have a funny feeling that, like, Middle Tennessee State could probably beat them.
0: Well, I think the difference there is Alabama's done it. Alabama, Alabama's proved yeah. it, and I think Nick Saban said it also repeatedly. He's like, find somebody that wants to come that wants to play us in the non-conference right because most time, especially there's some crazy set out there of Alabama and and season opening games they just they
1: roll right there they have and isn't isn't Alabama playing Wisconsin in the next few years isn't that I'm talking about this season
2: but yes they did schedule that
1: I mean so yeah that's I mean that's going to be great for both programs that's a two-year commitment for both of those teams they've played I mean Bama's played teams in the past tough teams and I mean, there's Big Ten teams that do it too. I mean, I can think of Wisconsin had a home and home against LSU a couple of years ago. I mean, yeah, I think they won one of those games early on in the year in Lambeau, and that ignited Wisconsin to having a great year. I mean, it's it's a barometer game. You have a game like that on your schedule, it you know, it, it either vaults you and has you have a great season, or you know, it gives you something to work on for Big Ten play. So. I don't think it can hurt them. Notre Dame every year is ranked preseason, whether they're good or not. So if you play them early, it's a ranked team for sure. And most of the time they're in the top 10, at least the last 10 years they have been.
2: What, what's going to be interesting to me is that final week of the season when Florida destroys Florida State. Like, do they still get credit for that because it's their in-state rival and it's the brand name? Because if they do get credit for that, then there's no reason at that point in time when Iowa's undefeated at this point that they shouldn't start getting some love for the Iowa State.
1: It's the same thing with Georgia and Georgia Tech. It's the same thing. They play them at the last game of the season. Georgia's usually a top five team. And then Georgia Tech is like a 500 team. Do they get credit for that win?
0: I think the difference is that those games are the end of the season, right? By the end of the season, there's so many games being played that there's only so few undefeated teams left or... Teams with one loss left, so those wins and losses they don't move the polls dramatically, right? You're even if you beat Georgia Tech, they're pro- if Georgia beats Georgia Tech or Florida beats Florida State, and they're already undefeated and they're already third or they're already fourth, they're not gonna move up. They're not gonna vault, or even if they're like ninth, they're not gonna vault to fourth with that win. There's just there's not enough teams. Who are likely going to lose at that end of the season? To, with them worth them jumping? I think the the issue that I have is because this game, the Iowa State game, is so early in the season, where the polls can should drastically alter week by week. Iowa went on the road versus a team that was well respected nationally. Many many people picking it went on the road in a in terrible conditions. Granted from Mother Nature, but also from the fans being on the field and tearing the field up. But they went on the road, and they won a game versus another Power 5 opponent, and there's no respect for that. They didn't go on. They, it's not like that they, they played Kansas. It's not that like they played a bad Pac-12 team or, you know, or so Illinois even. Right, all the Pac-12. Sure, right, Jerry, if you want to go that way. They went on the road and played a team who many in the college football think is a respectable team and actually has a, a legitimate claim to playing the Big 12 championship game. And so there should be some – there should – the results in the polls should reflect that in my mind. That's the only thing I'm
1: saying. I agree. I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, it is what it is. So, I mean, there's plenty of other games in their, in their conference schedule that if they win, they should vault up the rankings. But, fortunately, I mean, they should have moved up three, four spots at, at minimum this week with that win. But they didn't. So, yeah, what's new?
2: To close it out, D.C., you made the best point at the end there. That everybody picked Iowa State to win this game, and still somehow we didn't get any credit for winning it.
0: Yep, that's, that's the way it goes. Any other guys' thoughts on the Iowa State game before we move move on, move into the bye week?
1: Um, I mean, we go ahead, Jerry. No, Champ, you first. I mean, I, I was just going to say we talked a lot in the, in the postgame show about specific things that we'd like to have happen moving into next week. I mean, just – it's just those type of things. We need a little bit more innovation with the play calling. We need you know, some of those things. The good thing is we didn't turn the ball over. I like that. That's always a recipe for success. I mean, we got the win. It wasn't pretty. The defense played well enough. The offense did just enough when we needed to. But all in all, we got the win, and that's really all that matters. We moved to 3 and all. We didn't get the respect anyway, but we moved to 3 and all, and that's the most important thing.
0: Absolutely Jerry, what do
1: you got?
2: Um, a couple things. I just and I, I've tweeted about this a couple times too, and I mentioned it in the podcast and in my write up. how well Jack Corner and DJ Johnson played after those big plays, like props to them, the secondary was completely destroyed by injuries. Gino Stone was kind of in. Like, he, he was out there giving it his all. But, like, for those two to do what they did, they, they I think they each finished with, like, nine tackles and seven tackles. Corner had literally one of – that play at the end to knock down that pass – it would be so easy for a lot of people to just get that and pad their stats. It was right in his hands. To be able to just catch an interception at a Big 12 stadium with game day there, make a little highlight play, maybe you think you can go bring it back. A lot of people would probably in that moment not know what to do. And the fact that this walk-on slapped the ball down as hard as he could to make sure Iowa got that better field position is such an enormous play for walk-on to make. Like, I Absolutely. selfishly, as a scorer, like a shooter's shoot, I would have probably picked that pass off and tried to return it.
1: Before. I mean, there's no probably. You definitely would have. Did I, you hear today what Phil Parker said about corner? I mean, he, there, he said it, it's basically his job to lose now. He played so well, and that he's adjusted so well that it's going to be hard for Merriweather to get that job back when he comes back from injury. And this is a walk on, like you said, Jerry. you got to be impressed. With corner, I mean, he played great. He didn't play. He played great after the first quarter when he got adjusted to the game, and yeah, that play at the end was huge. And it looks like he's going to keep that position at uh, safety until even in when Merriweather comes back healthy.
2: There's just Absolutely. something. There's just something to be said for learning on the fly and how well Phil Parker does this, like in the moment. Like he got those guys ready to go. They didn't fall for the same play after the second rain delay because Matt Campbell tried setting it up all over again on the opposite side. So I yeah, just let
1: that work for you, Campbell. Dip shit. not well. But
2: the way he stared down the Iowa sideline after he had it done, you think you're so smart? Potentially is what he said. Like, dude, you just got your ass handed to you once again in a game that you pissed away.
1: And you still don't know how to bend your hat correctly. That's true. <laughs> 100%
2: true. The other thing is everybody needs to just love Nate Stanley now. I don't I like there's no excuses anymore. There's no excuses. Champ, you have to love Nate Stanley.
1: I I don't have to do anything. I respect what he did in that game and he made a very nice resilient drive and he is my quarterback so I am going to like him. I don't love him yet. He still has more things to prove to me this year.
0: I think this is a great transition because if – and I, I do. I'm a big Nate Stanley fan. I, I buy everything he's selling right now. But if we all have to like Nate Stanley, I feel like the same thing has to be said about you, Jerry, and Justin Fields. Why?
2: What has he done to, to make Justin Fields it? has not gone on the road. You know what? We're going to get in Ohio State and stuff later. I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it.
0: Okay. We'll save it. Let's get into the Big Ten. It's going to be a very stock financial uh, theme to show the rest of the way here. We're going to do some Big Ten Buy or Sell, and then we're going to get to stock up, stock down on the Iowa Hawkeyes to wrap things up. Uh, but let's kick things off with some Big Ten Buy or Sell, guys. Uh, I've got some statements here I've, I've written down, and I want you guys to tell me if you're buying, selling, or holding on to this thought to let it, let it play it a little bit longer. Uh, let's start things off with our, uh, our buddies out west, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They're currently leading the conference in takeaways. Will they lead the conference at the end of the season in takeaways? They are currently at nine for the season. Champ, what do you say?
1: That's a hardcore sell for me. No chance they're going to lead the Big Ten. It's no chance they're leading the, the Big Ten in takeaways. They probably won't even finish in the top half in takeaways in the Big Ten, let alone lead. I could think of three, four teams just off the top of my head. Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio State, probably all finish. Penn State. With Penn State, probably all finish higher in takeaways. So hard sell for me on that one.
2: I, I tend to agree with you, Jerry. What, what are your thoughts? If champ's going hardcore sell, I'm doing like the hardcore title version of the sell. Like I'm slamming this, this right in the face with a metal chair. You're, just slamming
0: to keep, this, you're slamming this like corner slam the ball at the end
2: of the at the end of the exa- game? Harder. As hard there as I go. can. I'm volleyball spiking it into, into freaking uh, Scott Frost's face. There's no way that Nebraska <laughs> is going to be able to do this. I think the majority of those turnovers have come in one game. The
0: very first game versus South Alabama. Five of the nine. Congratulations, yeah, South Nebraska. South Alabama,
1: just a wonderful, wonderful school of talent for football. So, yeah, that's that's really going to hold up.
2: And if I remember correctly, you barely squeaked by that one. I know it was a 14-point win, but that thing was closer than you guys wanted it to be. Nebraska is the biggest pretender. I know that they had a nice game against Northern Illinois this past weekend, but I still don't believe, and I still don't believe Scott Frost is a very good coach.
0: I agree with everything right there. I think one of the pieces to kind of say is turnover luck is turnover luck, but bad teams tend to turn the ball over more. Big Ten schedule is coming for Nebraska. They're going to have teams who take care of the ball a lot more. So those turnovers aren't going to be there as regularly as they have been through their first three games of the season. The
2: big 10 Reapers standing at their door, ready to knock on it. And uh, some wild, unfortunate things are going to be happening for Nebraska soon.
0: Yes, sir. All right. Next up it's Jared's boy, Justin Fields. He will finish the season as a Heisman finalist this season. Jared, we'll let champs start this way. Get champs, thoughts out of the way so Joe, you can kind of explain to us what you probably are selling this champ go ahead
1: I mean I early in the season before the season even started I said that he was going to be a Heisman finalist and the best player quarterback in the Big Ten he's proving just that I don't know how you could possibly sell this I'm buying this for sure he's one of the best players in the nation and he's only started three games he's only going to continue to get better Justin Fields has everything you want in a quarterback. He can run, he can pass, he's accurate, he's got a big arm. I mean, literally everything you can ask for in a quarterback is Justin Fields. I think he, I think we're going to have two Heisman finalists in the Big Ten with Justin Fields and Jonathan Taylor.
0: I agree with you, Champ. And the other thing you didn't mention is because he plays quarterback and he is surrounded by elite talent, it's going. he's going to be the guy representing Ohio State, but he's going to be – Helped out tremendously by all the talent that he has surrounding
2: around him. So I'm buying that as well. Jer, what do you say? Take he should cut floor. that trophy in half and give it to J.K. Dobbins if that happens. Listen, I don't want to sell this, but I also don't want to buy it. I just want to stay neutral and just keep watching the stock. That's what you I'm going to do here. to
1: leave it. That's the third choice. To leave it. No, it's Wh- hold it. It's I'm hold holding it. it. I'm Sorry. watching see, it. I fucked it up. Yeah,
2: see? Uh, cursing jar. Um, <laughs> so... Here's the thing about Justin Fields in this Indiana game. And not even just the Indiana game, him so far this season. The dude has yet to throw an important pass in a one-score game so that's not his fault he's
1: blowing teams out they're hammering exactly so i have not
2: i have not seen this guy be great in a great situation i've seen him literally throw balls over entire safeties because they bite so hard on jk dobbins which they should because as you said this team is filled with elite talent i understand that justin fields is a good talent i understand the athletic ability he does have a big arm i think he can make all the throws I do believe that. But for everybody to be blowing so much Heisman smoke up this freshman's ass when he hasn't thrown an important pass yet, I think is overblown. So, yes, I'm going to watch this stock, but I do think this kid is going to be a good player.
0: But but and to echo what Champ's saying, where – truthfully, where is he going to have to make a big-time throw in a one-score game? Like, it's not – I think Ohio State's so talented that I don't – there's not really a game to me that's going to be like – Games in the line. I need Justin Fields to kind of step up and show and make that one throw.
2: Like, where is that game for for you, Jer? I mean, they have they have. There's a gauntlet here coming up with Michigan State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, and then they have to play Penn State and Michigan back to back. Like, those are good defenses. That he's going to have to go up against. Did you
1: just say Michigan State and Northwestern is a gauntlet, two of those three teams? (laughs) Did you watch Michigan State this weekend? That offense is pathetic. What does it have to do with the
2: offense? I'm talking about the direct team he's going to be playing up against is that defense on Michigan State, which you just said earlier is, is still good.
1: Michigan State's defense is good, but I don't think Justin Fields is going to be scared at Northwestern's defense at all. And I don't even think he's going to be scared at Michigan State's defense.
0: But that wasn't the question. The question was, was, when is a game going to be close when he has to make a play? Ohio State's loaded defensively. They're going to make those games against Michigan State and Northwestern. They're gonna make them out of reach where you're not gonna have to, you're not gonna rely on Mr. Exactly.
1: Fields. I mean, Michigan State scored three points this week against fucking Arizona State. You think they're gonna light up the scoreboard against Ohio State? I'm just going to
2: put more stock in the fact that he, if he's able to make all these same throws and he, and he's able to trick these safeties into biting on everything J.K. Dobbins does against Michigan State, yes, I'm putting more stock into that because that's a real defense in the conference, not some Joe Schmo. Like, Indiana is not a real
1: defense. Let's be honest here. Can I ask you a question, Jerome? Did you say... Last year, when Tua and Alabama was rolling teams and dominating teams throughout the year, did you say, man, I don't know if Tua should be a Heisman finalist because he didn't have to make any big throws in close games? Did you say that to yourself or not? I've
2: I've seen Tua do it in the most important game. So, no, I didn't. But I've seen it before. You
1: You saw him come in at halftime of a national championship and do it. But this last year was his first full season of playing, and he was an easy – he should have won the Heisman, and he was a Heisman finalist when he blew teams out in many games he didn't even play in the fourth quarter. It's the same thing with Justin Fields. That just so goes I, to show
2: I, you two things. One, Alabama's schedule is weak, weak as fuck, so I'll get the, get the cursing jar on John. that one. Yeah, cursing jar. And two, it just shows once again that – If you come in to a national title game, that is the most important throw you'll ever, ever have. So, yeah, I've seen it with Tua. Justin Fields has come in and played FAU, Cincinnati, and Indiana. And he's going to play Miami of Ohio. Then he's going to play the shitty-ass Nebraska team, which I was very wrong about. I will admit that. Michigan State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, and then Penn State, Michigan. Those are going to be the games that I'm really going to judge this kid on. And then every game after that, if they make it to the playoff.
0: Okay, I guess you won't. You don't extrapolate talent. Uh, give an opponent a cause what it could be for a full season.
2: First
1: of I all, mean, that's, it's, it's actually I gotta give Jerome at least some credit. At least he he admitted that he's in, coming around a little bit on Justin Fields. I mean that's a step in the right direction. I mean the, the statements he's been making about him in the first couple weeks have been absolutely absurd.
2: I mean I just don't think he's made all these really impressive throws when they've been wide open. Don't even Nate Stanley me. We don't even.
1: Okay. But he, ahead, I'm not DC, saying
2: what? Nate Stanley's going to win the Heisman. You guys are.
1: I'm I didn't say he I'd was going to win. I said he's going to be a finalist.
2: Fine. If I said Nate Stanley's going to be a Heisman finalist and he didn't make those throws, you guys would belittle me. Just Fields missed some Bull. throws on, on Saturday against Indiana.
0: The reason Nate Stanley wouldn't be a Heisman finalist is because we go on the road to Big 12 teams and win and don't get any credit for it.
2: Especially when he's making all the plays out there to get him to win. All right. Anyway, let's get off that.
0: Next up, Michigan State will lead the conference in yards per game allowed. They're currently second with 194 yards a game, but that's mostly because Wisconsin only played 2 games and have been lights out defensively so far. But will Michigan State
2: lead the conference in yards per game allowed? Jared, what do you say? It's I'm going to say I'm going to sell that just because they have to go up against these East teams. And like you said, champ, the offense is that brutal. I do the, the defense is great. The defense is phenomenal even. They're going to keep them in these games, but eventually some things are going to break. They're probably going to get sick and tired of the offense not helping them out. They have to play too many teams out east that are too good on offense, so that's that's going to eventually break, where Wisconsin really is probably only going to have to play Iowa, and that's about it. And Iowa likes to play that, play that
0: game in a phone booth, so there's not going to be many yards there anyway. Correct, and
2: Nebraska can't do it.
1: Wisconsin also plays Ohio State, though. Don't forget about that.
2: You don't that's
0: think true.
1: that's going to
2: be a test for old Justin Fields that game?
1: That's what I'm saying. That I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this point from DC because I think that that game against Ohio State is they're gonna rack up some yardage from Ohio State. So Wisconsin's gonna, you know, they'll drop a little bit. I think Michigan State. The actually one of the big reasons I think that they're gonna lead um, in yards per game is that the <laughs> their offense is so pathetic that some of the, a lot of times these field they don't have long ways to go on the defense i mean they <laughs> that's literally a great point, either they turn the that's ball over point. or they go three and out so they have such short fields so even when they do score i mean like say they get the ball at the 50 and they go 20 yards and kick a field goal i mean that's going to help the yards per game against michigan state so that's, that's part so of the reason bad. i think they'll buy, i buy that point
0: that's a great point the only reason i would sell this and that's the way i'm leaning right now is i kind of feel like you can i just i who, who has Mich- Michigan State played so far this year? Their defense has been great. Yes, they'll win their games based on defense this year. But it being an elite defense and leading the conference in yards per game allowed, I'd almost rather have seen what Wisconsin's done than what Michigan State's done against uh, their mixed bag of opponents, right? Uh, to me, I I'm not super impressed with Mich- who Michigan State's played to then say, yeah, that, that defense is going to be that dominant all season long.
2: But you think the offense for Ohio State is going to be that dominant all season long? Hmm. I do.
1: Okay. Here we go.
2: Okay. The real deal here, though, is the 17 that Western Michigan put up is after they yanked all the starters. They put 10 up. So at this point, Michigan State's given up three touchdowns in three games in real college football. That's tough to do.
1: And they lost one of those games. That That has nothing to do
2: with the defense, and you damn well know it. No, I'm
1: not. I I I'm buying the defense. That's Dan Antonio
2: because <laughs> he's a moron and that offense not being able to do anything for them.
1: Can we bring, I know this is not a kind of off topic but I am mean, not really because it's Michigan State. Can we briefly discuss what the hell De'Antoni was doing at the end of that game? Running the field goal kicker onto the field <laughs> instead of literally just calling a timeout or spiking the ball and having him leisurely come on and kick the field goal. They run him onto the field with 15 seconds left and then get a too many men on the field penalty and then get moved back and then miss the game-winning field he goal. Just Absolutely wa- horrible. He just
0: watched Brian Ferentz the week before botched timeouts and said, hold my beer.
1: I mean, just so bad for a veteran coach like that to do that. I mean, I would be irate if I were a Michigan State fan.
2: That's a great point that you made, DC. We all know how much the Ferences and the D'Antoni's hate each other. So, it, guys, it's D'Antonio's, by the way, not.
0: Dantoni. You're thinking you have your NBA brain hat on. I think
2: I said D'Antonio the
0: first time, didn't I? You did, and sort of Champ, and then you guys both went back to D'Antonio, so you guys, neither of you guys. We are big Rockets, names. guys.
1: I do, I do like the Rockets. <laughs> the beard. I mean that got me excited, not like a Ross. I mean.
0: Alright, this is not an NBA podcast. Next up, Jonathan Jonathan Taylor will
2: lead the league in rushing.
0: By or sell, Jer Go oh, for it.
2: You only did this because I've gotten I fell in love with Anthony McFarlane this weekend. Then he got stuffed like 18,000 times at the one-yard line. Then I fall in love with J.K. Dobbins because he's the actual one that had to hold the brunt of the weight for Ohio State on Saturday against Indiana. You know that I enjoy watching the Penn State running backs. They got four of them.
1: But yes, Jonathan Taylor is still the
2: best player in the league right now. So yes, I'm buying all that.
1: I can't believe you just mentioned, you tweeted it too, I should have called you out on it, that you even mentioned Anthony McFarland's name in the same fucking breath as Jonathan Taylor. It's disrespectful to Jonathan Taylor. He's the best back, not only in the Big Ten, but in the entire country. I buy that 100%. That's the biggest buy I can ever think of with these questions that you're going to propose to Amazon us, or
2: Jonathan Taylor, who you buying?
1: But Give me an Amazon version of the Jonathan Taylor. I I love Jonathan Taylor. He's a beast.
2: Jonathan Taylor is the Amazon of running backs.
1: Exactly. By the
2: way, I said if it wasn't for Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins, Anthony McFarlane would probably be the best back in the Big Ten. So it's not like I said something outrageous. I just think he deserves more credit. He's a very good running back.
1: He's fine. He's a good above-average running back. Jonathan Taylor is a superstar. (laughs) You're so
2: absurd. Okay
0: he is I I agree with both I'm taking Jonathan Taylor to to lead the league in rushing because I believe in Justin Fields so I think J.K. Dobbins will not be leading the league in rushing Uh, All right. next up this is a little bit of a weird one but Minnesota will be undefeated heading into their game against Penn State so they have before we make you guys make your picks they have Purdue, Illinois, Nebraska Rutgers and Maryland on their schedule before they play Penn State they are currently 3-0. I said last week that they are the fakest 3-0 team, fakest undefeated team in the in college football. But will they be
2: undefeated going to the end against Penn State? Jared, why kick things off? So Purdue, I'm pretty sure, gave up like 300 yards on the ground against TCU. So I'll yep. check on that one because we already talked about what Minnesota likes to do. Lovey's probably going to piss that one away too. They play Nebraska at home. And I think Nebraska's susceptible to giving up a lot of rushing yards right now. Rutgers, we ran all over. That Maryland game's going to be tricky, but it's at home too. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this. Stock from you, D.C. I do. The, you know what this is? This Minnesota team is very much so like those Iowa teams that kind of just keep skating by somehow. They just keep winning. And you're like, how the hell they keep doing this? They're the cardiac kids. I'm going to buy this from you. Champ, what do you say?
1: I, I mean, yes, when you look at those games, you think it's a realistic possibility. But there is no way I can say Minnesota is going to be an 8-0 team. I just can't do it. They're going to lose one of those games. I think it's going to be at Purdue. I think Purdue is going to score a ton of points, and I don't mm-hmm. think Michigan Minnesota is going to be able to ru- – they'll run the ball, but I don't think they're going to be able to score as, mu- as many points as they're going to need to at, at Purdue. That's going to be a big game for Purdue. Um, yeah, I, I just can't see that. Is Sindelar them. playing this weekend? Well, it's next weekend. Oh, next weekend. They have, they oh, so he'll probably be week, fine so by then. He'll be, he'll be back by then, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm selling this as well because I just don't believe in Minnesota. I, there's no way you can win those three games that they've won by the slimmest of margins and think that they're going to go through a Big Ten schedule and win win those games at the rest of the year.
2: What do you got, Jer? How do you beat a team like Purdue?
1: Keep the quarterback off the field by running the ball. <laughs> exactly! The the funniest thing would be is it would be so Minnesota to run this table to be eight 0 and then their last four games
0: first Penn
1: out. State at Iowa at Northwestern versus North Wisconsin they literally could be eight 0 and then lose their last four games and finish eight and four.
0: What's more likely is that they're undefeated going to Penn State or that they lose or I guess or they go zero and four down the stretch.
1: Uh, I think it's more likely that they go 0-4 down the stretch, to be <laughs> honest, with those four games. I mean, they're not beating Penn State. At Iowa, is going to be a loss. At Northwestern, going to be a loss. And then Wisconsin, that game very well could be a big, huge game for Wisconsin at home. Could be a possibility if they win that game, they go to the Big Ten Championship. So I don't see them going to Wisconsin and winning that. So I see 0-4 as more likely.
0: Yeah, all right. Last one up. Michigan will still be ranked in the top 15 before their game against Notre Dame. Champ, so, what do you say?
1: That's a tough one. Michigan. So they play Notre Dame next week, right?
0: Uh, I think it's
1: two weeks. Two it might weeks. be two weeks. Uh, I mean, they play Rutgers this no, week. No, Rut- it's
2: for a while. I'll tell you right now. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's, oh, a, yeah it's a it's ways
1: It's October 26th. Sorry. So, yeah, it's, it's in four weeks. Yeah, no. I think mm-hmm. I was gonna beat them and I think Penn State's gonna beat them. So I And I they don't have Wisconsin this week. Yeah, and Wisconsin, yeah, exactly. no, I think Michigan had could have three losses by the time they play Notre Dame. So I'd sell that for sure. They're not gonna be a top fifteen. So
0: Champ does not believe in Michigan riding the ship, Jerry. What do you say?
2: I'm I'm I'll take you one step further. If you were to sell me that Michigan wouldn't even be receiving votes for the top twenty five, I'll buy mm. that from you too.
0: I had top 15, so you're not even saying they're going to be in the top 20. They're going
2: to lose to Wisconsin. They're going to lose to Iowa. They're going to lose to Penn State. And they're going to get their asses whipped by Notre Dame. Easy. Michigan is not a good football team. The offense is a mess. The defense is not even close to what everybody thought it was going to be. I don't believe in this team at all. I don't believe in Harbaugh. I don't even believe in their offensive coordinator who is supposed to write this ship. I think Mike Loxley was the guy at Alabama.
0: I don't. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I will also. I will sell this as well. I don't. I don't think Michigan's very good. I think they got some tough games Fort Notre Dame, and I think it's going to go off the rails pretty quickly. And you're going to start seeing seeing takes out there about about Jim Harbaugh being fired or leaving Michigan, maybe going back to the NFL.
1: That could be another question. Does Does Jim Harbaugh even survive the season this year? I mean, <laughs> no. But that. what that's. I mean, with all these losses, we're predicting. I don't. I don't see any way he could.
2: I'm going to say right now, Michigan also loses at Illinois or at Maryland. One of those two games, Michigan's going to drop. Stop. They're not losing
1: to Illinois. (laughs) You see, you always get so ridiculous with your takes. Just calm down.
0: (laughs) On that note, let's take a quick break, and then uh, we'll be right back. I said at Maryland
1: or losing to Illinois. Illinois is trash, bro.
0: And we're back. Jarrett's had some time to cool off after his hot takes of Michigan losing to Maryland and or Illinois. Uh, and so real quick before we go to Iowa, before we do some stock up and stock down, do some Big Ten picks, any updates real quickly to your Big Ten playoff contenders? Or are they the exact same since last week? Jar, any changes? Did I have three last week? No, you just held Iowa, Wisconsin. I, didn't, I took Penn State out? You never had
1: Penn State in.
2: <laughs> Man, I'm a mor- no, I've definitely did. No, I've add, I definitely added somebody in last week because I've been then, adding one every week.
1: I think he added Michigan State last week after their defensive performance. No, I def- want to say. I,
2: if he added anybody it'd be Penn State. I'm sure I'm pretty sure I added Penn State. I'm going to also add in
1: Ohio State. Oh, okay, so wow, he- it only took him 3 weeks.
2: So he doesn't believe in the quarterback, but he'll put the team in the... <laughs> you guys are contention. taking my words and twisting them. It's not that I don't believe in the quarterback. It's not that I don't believe that he's this Heisman glory god of a quarterback.
0: Okay. All right. Champ, any changes to your four?
1: Uh, I was seriously considering taking Penn State out because they didn't have a great performance this week against it's Pittsburgh. A weird game but too. It, it is a rivalry yes. game against Pittsburgh, so I'm going to leave Penn State in there. I'm going to keep my four as it is. I can't, I can't talk out of both sides of my mouth and say Iowa. You know, had this oh, big only win. Only Jerry I'm, can do that. Yeah, well, Jerry loves to do that, so I can't. No, do you're that right though, say, champ. Iowa got a big win on the road against Iowa State. It was ugly, but they won. And then say, oh, but Penn State didn't look good in their win. So I'm going to leave Penn State. So, yeah, my four stay the same.
0: Cool. My my three, Ohio State, Iowa, Wisconsin, stay the same as well. Let's get into some picks. There are only six Big Ten-related games this week, so let's pick them all. Uh, let's kick things off with BC getting blown out by Kansas, now going on the road to Rutgers. The line is BC is an 8.5-point favorite here uh Jared, what do you got
2: oh only eight and a half i might take the points with rockers why i just because <laughs> they lost to kansas i i, I don't know much about no, bc they but just lose to
0: kansas they got blown the f out by kansas
1: i mean less miles baby he's got the boys playing tough in kansas
0: Champ, who you who you taking? Uh,
1: Give me BC. If it was eighteen and a half, I would still take BC. (laughs) Rutgers is not a good team. I'm sorry, I'm not taking them. Eight and a half is not enough.
0: All right, let's kick off the Big Ten games. Michigan State going on the road to Northwestern. Michigan State's a nine and a half point favorite. Champ, who you got?
1: I don't know how you can realistically Mm-mm. think Michigan State can cover nine and a half points with how pathetic their offenses look. This is a road Big Ten game. I think this line is way too high. I think it should be somewhere in like the two and a half range. Take a touchdown off that. Maybe then I'd take Michigan State. But I love, I love Northwestern plus nine and a half. And I don't even really like Northwestern. It's just, that's how bad Michigan State's offense has looked.
2: I agree. Jay, what about you? Hunter Johnson did not look good against UNLV again, though. And Hunter Johnson going up against that defense. I could see Michigan State scoring two touchdowns just with the D. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to lay the points down. I think Michigan State gets back on track here with a big, big win over Northwestern. All
0: right. The big game. Fox Biz, is big noon Saturday, whatever the heck they call it. Michigan going to uh, Madison and playing Wisconsin. Wisconsin's three a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Champ, who do you got?
1: I love Wisconsin here. I think they're going to win by double digits. I think they're going to run all over Michigan, and I think Wisconsin's defense is going to do a, a good job handling the Michigan offense. So I would take three and a half seems low to me. I think the this line and the Northwestern Michigan state line should be swapped. I think that's more realistic. So three and a half is not enough points. I would definitely take Wisconsin.
2: I'm with you as well. Uh, Jerry, what about you? Champ took the words literally right out of my mouth. I was going to say, if you switch those lines, I'm all for both. Give me Wisconsin. Michigan is the biggest pretender in the conference right now, and I still think Maryland is probably in that picture too.
1: Jerry, you know, you can you can do your little tease that you like to do. You can tease some points, and then they, those lines could be switched. That's <laughs> like a six-point teaser right there. Probably will. That's a good idea. There you go. I got you, baby.
0: (laughs) UConn going to Bloomington to play Indiana. Indiana is a 27-and-a-half point favorite versus UConn. (laughs) Jared, where are you taking this
2: game? Congrats, Indiana. I guess I'm taking you. You guys look like (laughs) dog shit on
1: Saturday.
0: I'm taking IU, keep it in the family. I'm, all my family went there, so we'll go with that. You champ, what about you?
1: I mean you know what's funny about this line is that uh, Jerry was touting Brandon Peters in Illinois that Barely beat UConn by three (laughs) points a couple weeks ago, and now UConn is 27-point dogs to an Indiana team that actually was destroyed last week. So give me UConn. I mean, that 27 seems way too high to me. Indiana's not very good, so give me the 27. Champ,
0: do you think Jared's the only person in the country that's standing for Brandon Peters and hating
1: on Justin Fields? I, he he honestly is i mean all i hate him all i read on twitter is every all the illinois fans that i follow are just wanting isaiah williams in there they're sick of brandon peters yet jerry's standing on a chair in the middle of the room screaming for brandon peters
0: <laughs> all right next up miami ohio going to uh Columbus to play ohio state ohio state's a 39 point favorite chair what's your boy gonna do this week
2: we saw this dude. We saw this team up close. Ohio State's going to smoke this team. J.K. Dobbins probably adds another 200 yards to his 400 and some already that he's got for the season. I'll take Ohio State and laying the points. <laughs> Champ, what about you?
1: I actually think Miami-Ohio can cover the 39. I, 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 you know, they played pretty well against Iowa for a lot of that game. They kept it kind of close. I think they can keep it within 39. I mean, literally, you only have to lose by five touchdowns and a field goal, and you still cover, so.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. 39 is a lot of points to lose by, so I'm going to take my Mbohairo to – I'll take those points. Last up, Nebraska and Illinois. Nebraska is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Champ, who do you got?
1: This is the game where Isaiah Williams is finally going to get some playing time. So, give me Illinois – plus the 13 and a half at home. I think they keep this game closer. I think Isaiah finally gets on the field to a raucous ovation from the 3,000 people that will be at Memorial Stadium watching the Illinois game. And yeah, I think they're going to keep they're going to lose, but I think they keep it close.
2: <laughs> Jerry, what do you say? Outside of Tanner Morgan, these are the two most sacked quarterbacks in the Big 10. So, count these two definitely getting smashed together this weekend. I do believe in Brandon Peters. I'm going to take Illinois and the points. I'm going to take Illinois
0: and the points as well. All right, those are our picks for this week. Not many big time games to keep an eye on, so you should be able to uh, keep tabs on all our picks uh, all Saturday long. Let's go to Iowa. A
1: lot of bye weeks this week, surprisingly.
0: Lots and lots of teams are off this week. Let's go to the Hawkeyes. We are a quarter of the way through the season now. So it's a figure it's a great time to do some stock up and some stock down. This is going to be completely free, completely up to you guys. Let's start out with some stock ups. The floor is yours, wherever you guys want to go with it. Who do you see trending upwards after a quarter of the season, Jerry? Let's start with you.
2: Uh, stock way, way, way up, uh, Sergeant, my boy. I, I don't know if there's any other person that started off at like a baseline of people not even trusting that he could be the starter. A lot of people calling for torn Young after the spring game because of what he was able to do. And Makai Sargent comes in, not only lays the smack down and is trusted on all three downs, but he's been a spectacular back, making huge plays in important times. Don't forget what he had to do. Uh, that, that third and 20-something screen pass in week one that he took um, to kind of spark a little bit with Iowa. Um, There's been so many plays for Stanley that he's delivered great passes where Makai's stepped in and taken on a blitz. So I think stock way, way up is my boy, Makai Sargent.
0: Yeah, I have the running game here and my stock up, but Sargent's definitely separate himself as the featured back. He's got almost twice as many carries as as Torn Young and and Goodson do. Um, He's done a great job. But the running game overall, and Brian Farron's talking about it today at his press conference, right? He's got four guys who he completely trusts. They all have roles. They all are, are selfless, and they're all taking, you know, the team success over their own individual one. And it's been great. We all harped on the beginning of the season. What can the, can this running game get back on track? And it's safe to say, through a quarter of the season, they look really, really good.
1: Yeah, I I mean, to go along with the running game, my one of my stock ups was is it's it's a an idea, and it's Brian Farrant's commitment to the running game. That's a stock up for me because. That's something we talked about that they needed to do coming into the season. And through these first three games, that's exactly what he's done. He's rotated the backs beautifully. Yes, Makai Sargent has gotten the majority of the workload, but he's keeping them fresh with bringing in all these other players, you know, Torin Young, Goodson, even IKM got some playing time last game. Um, So, yeah, I got to give credit where credit's due. So my stuck-up is just his way of making this a running game more important for Iowa, and he's doing a great job doing that. Uh, I'll jump off that with another guy who I had as a stock up, and that's Keith Duncan. I mean, I I wow. don't know how you can't... I mean, it, I understand totally he's right. a kicker, but he's been very, very important for this team. The game last week alone, four for four in field goals, made his only extra point. The guy is perfect on the season. He has not missed a kick, and every time he goes out there, I just have a confidence that he's going to make the kick. I mean, he hasn't had a lot of chip shots either, a lot of field goals within that 40 to 49-yard range. He's showing that he can be counted on throughout the season, and this was a job going into the year that was, it was going to be a battle, not knowing who the kicker was going to be, and Keith Duncan has shown he's the guy, and i, I got to give him a huge stock up for him.
0: I, I'm piggybacking on that, champ. I have special teams slash punting. So it's Keith Duncan, it's Michael Sleep Dalton. Special teams have been fantastic this year. Um, something that I think we – of sometimes can take granted as Iowa fans, but I think they've both really stepped up and solidified those games. Credit to Keith Duncan for just sticking it out, right? We're in this age now where guys who get sur- surpassed on the depth chart, they go and find an opportunity where they can play. But Keith Duncan stuck it out. He still competed. He still made himself better. And now he's starting, and he's won the job, and he's doing a tremendous job doing so. And, Champ, you hit it the nail on the head, right? There's just confidence when he goes out there that he's going to make his kick.
1: Yep, 100%.
0: Jerry, what else do you got for Stock Up?
2: Stock Up, it's the Nate Stanley to Amir Smith-Marset connection. That stock is soaring. Every single game that Iowa's played thus far, those two have made some sort of big play together, and I think that's only going to continue to happen. Amir Smith-Marset is playing with some of the most confidence in a receiver that we've ever seen Maybe even more so than Marvin McNutt and DJK, And the best part is is that this kid is learning from McNutt. There was an article that Docterman put out, I think, a week ago now, where those two text on the regular, call each other, they work together, they're trying to figure out exactly how to make Amir Smith-Marset not only the best receiver in Iowa history, but one of the best in all of college football. I think that is going to be one of the most important things moving forward, is that those two together continue to develop that relationship.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I had had Amir Smith-Marset on my list as well, and it it was basically Amir Smith-Marset proving that he's the number one wideout on this team, not only, you know doing everything he can making big plays, but he's, I mean, even some of these underneath routes where he's contributing. I mean, we used to think of Amir Smith-Marset as pretty much a one-trick pony, that he's a down-the-field type guy, and he's your kick returner. Now he's showing he can have, you know, the underneath routes, get a first down when needed, and he's proving to be our number one, and it's it's huge for Iowa that he's, you know, making that stride and our true number one receiver, which we needed him to be.
0: No, yeah, you guys both hit the nail on the head. The one thing that stood out to me, because I, I, you always get that feeling just watching games in real time, that Amir Smith, our set champ, as you said, is like that number one guy, right? He's that guy who's always heavily involved in the passing game. But he's just two catches ahead of, of the next group of receivers. He's got 11 receptions compared to Nico's got nine. Sargent's got nine. Brandon Smith's got nine. So, I mean, he's not getting extra touches. He's just standing out with the touches he's getting, which is what... Is trending so far up, but because it's so close reception wise, my sock up that we're gonna go to next is is just Nate Stanley. Um, yeah. I think you in the beginning of the season at Big time Media Days and even at the Iowa Iowa Media Day, a lot of the talk around Nate Stanley was more about just him loosening up and having fun. And I think you see a little bit more of emotion coming from Nate Stanley, a little bit having fun, taking it in. And really being a leader vocally, but also just being loose and just in charge. And it's so great to see. It's so comforting. It's kind of like with the Keith Duncan, right? You get him on the field, he's gonna—he's not going to cost you a a possession. He's gonna do the right thing with the football nine times out of ten. And that's what I wanted in my quarterback. Nate Stanley's been, do, been been tremendous through a quarter of the season. And it's been—I think he deserves more credit than what he is getting.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, and I one one more guy on my list that I had to stock up is Michael O'Jamoudi. I think he's been absolutely exceptional in the secondary. I mean, he Pretty much last game against Iowa State, they didn't even throw to his side of the field. That's how effective he was. He pretty much neutralized an entire side of the field. Deshauntae Jones, who we all talked about going into that game, he had 14 catches week one, and we all talked about how he... It was a key point to have him not go go off and do what he did. He had four catches for 31 yards and no touchdowns. And Michael Ojemudie was on him for the majority of the game, and he was playing an exceptional role. He's. I mean, he's proving that he's one of the best cornerbacks, not only in the Big Ten, but in the nation, I think. I think he's going to go right along that line of, you know, the Josh Jackson, Desmond King, the line of great corners Iowa's had that's going to end up getting drafted. I don't think he's long for Iowa City. I think he's going to – I believe he's only a junior, but I think he's – this is going to be his last year at Iowa City. He's going to be drafted, you know, second, first, second round maybe. He's showing – Everything that you need to do to get drafted in the NFL, he's got the size and he's showing on the field.
2: What? Wait, wait. what's that?
1: <laughs> I know you call the preseason. I'll give you some. Love Another
2: on that. NFL prospect
1: coming yes, into
2: the top two rounds for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Not so crazy anymore, is it?
1: No, nope, it isn't.
2: I still, I still think
0: it's a little crazy, just from traditionally where NFL teams take players from Iowa, but. Doesn't mean he's not talented. Just means that NFL teams tend to value athleticism.
1: Well, that's true. Desmond King was a fifth-round pick. So,
0: one thing I'll, I'll, I'll do with my stock up, and it kind of it can be piggyback off of O.J. Moutier. It's it's the depth. I think we've, for better or for worse, I has been forced. To uh, build its depth pretty quickly here, and through a quarter of the season, there's been some injuries that have happened in the secondary, on the offensive line. We've gotten a lot of guys, a lot of young guys, mm-hmm. really good, really valuable experience, and they've responded really well. Even someone like Goodson coming in as a freshman in a crowded running back room, coming in, making plays, standing out, and this is huge early in the season. As you get longer, as you get longer in the season, guys get hurt, guys get born banged up. Having that trust to, for the coaching staff to put these younger guys in, it's it's a huge, huge – it's something you don't necessarily want, but it's nice to be able to have that luxury with, if it comes down to it at the end of the year.
2: And that's why one of the biggest stock-ups in general is Iowa's recruiting because they are able to put these guys in these situations and trust the fact that they're going to go out there and be able to make plays. They might have to learn on the job, but they're going to make plays. And the fact that Iowa has these type of kids coming in the program and continuously flowing
1: in now, that's a huge, huge deal.
0: It is ginormous. I have one more stock up. How many, do you guys have any more?
1: Uh, I was going to turn my stock down, so go ahead, DC. Same. I
0: want—I wanted to give some sh- a shout-out to the linebackers as a whole. The linebackers have been... Amazing! They've been so unheralded. You get the you get the Phil Parker the secondary. You got AJ Epines on the defensive line with Chauncey Golston and all those guys getting getting pressure. I think the linebacker core has been really unheralded. Right? They even were down one. Right? They, all the cash talk for all that time. Mm-hmm. But, they, but they've stepped up and they have just been probably the most especially with all the injuries in the secondary they've they've stepped up and it's made a tremendous impact there's been not much of a pass rush we've had tons of injuries in the secondary these guys have just come in and made plays and really settled the defense down when when needed
1: yeah they I mean they had to not only make plays on running backs last game but they were in coverage for most of that game I mean Iowa State for the majority of that game had three and four wide receivers out there our cash position was starting at the opposite corner, so both of those linebackers were having to guard these wide receivers, and they did a pretty effective job. They weren't amazing, but they did pretty damn good.
0: Absolutely. All right, let's 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 shift the stock down. I don't have very many of these because I think 3-0, things are, things are going pretty well so far. But, Champ, why don't you kick things off with the stock down?
1: I honestly, I only had one. I mean, I have a couple units that maybe can get better. But, I I mean, my only stock down that I have right now are the Iowa tight ends. I mean, I I don't think they're living up to tight end U right now. They're not performing. I said beginning of the year that this is going to be a group that isn't going to be great. But they've actually done worse than what I thought they'd do. I mean, they're really just not – for the games, they're really just not getting open. I mean – That We're used to Iowa being, you know, able to throw to their tight end underneath. He's always open, but they're just not. I mean, Weeding and Byer, I mean, they're just just not getting it done, and they need to get better because Nate likes throwing to his tight ends. He likes to be able to dump off underneath, and they need to improve. So right now they're my only – that's the only, you know, unit I had on my list of stock, though.
0: I will say that Brian France today on, on Wednesday on, got in front of the media and basically he was asked for the tight ends and he basically said, hey, listen, you know, we got so much talent at running back at wide receiver. Those are, the, those are the position groups we're focusing on getting getting the ball to. You know, Nate and Bayer, they have their roles they're, and they're playing their roles exceptionally well. They're contributing to the team and doing what, they, what they're being asked to do. So I don't think it's so much as them not making plays and not stepping up. I think that they're... Being asked to do something that we haven't asked an Iowa to do in a few years because they don't they aren't no fan, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. I think those are the big things.
2: I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Ch- I mean, it's I agree, Champ, that the stock is down, but I no, think I it's definitely game too. plan part of it.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you too, Champ. I'm just saying, like, I see why it's that way, and it yeah. makes sense, right? It makes all sense in the world. Um,
2: Jerry, what about you? What, do you? what stock down do you have? So I have one and a half, basically. My the real one is the defensive line the 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 amount That's my of half, hype actually
0: which is ha-
2: well I, and it, this, again i don't think they're necessarily playing bad but i think from all the hype that we had going into the season the stock can only be down at this point they're not landing home i think offenses are kind of scheming to get the ball out quickly to make sure that they don't aren't able to hit home they're chipping double triple at being aj we thought we'd get some more twists and stunts but i think this week we kind of kept them in place he was out in coverage at the end of that That's game big. there too which was a little weird, but I think it kind of worked almost because they didn't they anticipate him being out there. But the line on a, as a whole, they're just not making the types of plays that we thought. So I, I think this is just kind of one of those things.
0: The reason it's a half for me and it's not my major one is because you hit the nail on the head, right? The offenses are scheming to limit A.J. Epinesa, right from, from making an impact. So really the opportunities for the rest of the defensive line to get home A.J. Epinesa is being double teamed and sometimes triple teamed and chipped and all this stuff. He still had a visible impact in the Iowa State game. He didn't mm-hmm. get home a sack. He didn't necessarily have didn't fill up the stat sheet, but he was making impact plays. He was making himself noticed and even forcing teams to game plan around getting the ball out quicker than they may be not like. He's affecting the game plan when he gets off the bus. So to me, the half is just the rest of the defensive line. And I think Phil Parker mentioned getting rotation going, that type of stuff, to really try to get a pass rush going. But to me, that half of that stock being down is the defensive line as a unit, not necessarily any one person.
2: One million percent.
0: All right. So my, my one stock, my one full stock down here, It it's a few things that happened in the Rutgers game with clock management, the Iowa State game with clock management but also with Brian Francis as a whole. Um, I was very, very high on him going into the season. I was very, very high on him after, even after the Rutgers game. I, I kind of let the end of the first half uh, woes go because it was such a complete performance. But when it was repeated again against Iowa State, and then he gets in front of the media on Wednesday and defends, defends it saying they're trying to be cautious with the ball – Brian, you've got a senior quarterback who has done nothing but protect the ball in his, his career as, as an Iowa quarterback. If you can't trust him to make the right decision with the ball, then like I, I've said it's been the theme of the show. What are we doing right? What are we doing here? right? The point is to score points. Don't leave points on the field because you don't you want to be cautious. Like you make your plays go out and that's the first thing. The other thing is he was asked about third and short. And third and short, he specifically is third and one, but third and short so first, defensive, so so defensive, and he was defensive about that. He's defensive about Oliver Martin getting getting snaps, and it's just it, it, I understand, right? You're three and zero. You want some credit? I, I totally get that, but you also be a little bit more open to the fact that third and short. There isn't really much success when you're going jumbo, regardless if it's third and one or third and two or third and three. All three of the situations are third and short. And guess what? You are the worst in the Big Ten at running the football third on third and short in those situations. The worst. Scott Docterman has a piece based off of the, of the press conference today that highlights that. So go check it on the Athletic. But to me, you have to be more open and more cognizant. when people are, they're not being rude about it. I think both questions were fairly asked. They were they were not rude ab- at all. And he got so defensive on Oliver Martin's playing time and being able to run the ball third and short out of jumbo sets. And to me, you—if you, you are—if he is the the head coach of the future, all this stuff, he needs to kind of get past that. he has, doesn't he doesn't have a, a that's football moment like his dad did. And to well, me, that's the yeah. biggest stock down right now.
1: Yeah, he needs to not be so hot under the collar. I mean, he even in games he got a penalty, you know, for going crazy on an official like. I'm sorry, Brian, but you haven't proved shit. Like, this is a year where you need to prove it to us. Like, these questions are much warranted from these reporters. I mean, this, this is their job. They're actual good questions. So it's like, you should answer these, and you shouldn't get so defensive and so angry. It's like, prove it to us that you can change and adapt and do these things, and then maybe these questions won't be asked so frequently. It's like, come on, I mean, prove it.
0: And, and Grant, like, these are nice problems to have, right? You're 3-0, and you're being asked, why isn't a guy getting playing time who's in a position group that's pretty deep? And third and short, not many, too many situations of it, but it's been a problem, and there's, it's not cost you a ball game yet. So it's, there are nice problems to have to figure out, but don't be coming thinking thinking that you're Ohio State and rolling up on every single team you're playing against.
2: It was a one-point game against, against a rival. And that's why this was, this was by half, DC. And I'm sure everybody kind of assumed that that's what it was coming from. But that's the problem with Brian. Brian. Brian is a competitor at heart. And I don't mind that he gets all fiery under the collar. I actually like that about him. And it kind of makes me respect him a little bit. Because, For sure. Because you know that this bothers him. You can tell by the way he answers it. Like anybody that gets that defensive is because they care so much and they fucking know. They know. They know right. they have to fix this. They know they want to get Oliver Martin out but,
0: there, but he, like, and here's the thing: it's kind of funny because they've ran the ball out of eleven personnel in third short, and they've done it multiple times. And guess what? They averaged nine yards of carry on those type in those
2: formations. So he's done it. He knows the solution. Just go to it more often. Correct. And that's the problem. That's why his stock is ultimately down because he keeps going back to these Iowa ways. And again, nobody knows what the if Kirk's telling him that's what they want to do or that's what he believes in or if Brian actually believes in this himself. None of us are ever going to know what the real truth is here. But no matter what is, the stats are the stats and you guys are not being successful and third and short. And how do you win football games? Turnovers and converting on third downs to extend drives and keep the ball. And if Iowa's going to think they're going to be able to continue to do this in Big Ten play or go and play at Wisconsin and do this, it's not going to happen for
0: them. Scott, Scott and I think, he, he had the stats pulled. Iowa on third and short, so three yards and less, they average 1.5 yards per carry. Ugly. In Big Ten play. It's by Idiots. far the worst. the worst in the Big Ten, by far.
2: What I want to see from them, and I... Oh, God. It was Penn State that ran it this weekend. They had a jumbo set. They faked the the play action. The receiver, like, jumped over the line like a wager bomb. And then the tight end, who sold a block, was just streaking down the seam wide open. One time, Iowa, do that. Just Um, once.
0: um, Jer? Yeah. They did do that last year versus Penn State, and Nate Stanley overthrew the tight end.
1: Yeah, we were at that game, bro. You don't remember that?
0: And 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 to make it worse, Brian Ferentz mentioned that in his press conference today.
1: Oh, God. That means we're on the
2: same page. Ugh. I know too much about Iowa.
0: All right. On that note, it's probably a good time to wrap things up here. It's getting late here Wednesday night. Guys, any other final thoughts before we uh, close up shop this week?
1: just get healthy boys this is a big week <laughs> enjoy your bye week get healthy get ready for big 10 i know we have one more game but get middle tennessee should be a nice win get but ready for big get ten ready play. for big 10 play exactly
2: <laughs> jerry anything else oh that's it let's just get healthy boys all
0: right get healthy boys we'll talk to you guys again next week go hawks trick or
3: treat iowa city <laughs> if you don't love it leave it usa number one